We are Valley Real Life. We are Valley Real Life. Yes, we are, and we are glad that you are joining us on this day. Uh, again, if you get a chance, go ahead and push that share button, you know, in any platform that you might be on. If you are on our website, just let somebody else know so they can join you as well. My hope is this weekend you are invited or have invited other people to join with you. You've gone to somebody else's house as we are in phase two and are allowed to, to begin to worship together and celebrate communion together and, and eat together and do some of those things. And so hopefully that's an experience that you're having right now. Uh, I got some exciting news to be able to share with you. Uh, This past week, uh, after praying with the elders and talking with our staff, I got a chance, along with the other five largest church in the Spokane Valley area, to have a meeting with our local mayor. Now, the mayor of Spokane Valley is Mayor Ben Wick, and the deputy mayor is Brandy Peets. And in our conversation, we wanted to to come together with a show of solidarity and commitment, you know, for what we believe God is calling us to be and do as a unified group of churches in this region. And and so it was a phenomenal meeting, and I don't have time to walk through with you uh, what that means both now and in the future, Uh, but I'm going to be putting together a video that you'll be able to access in the very near future, maybe even as soon as Monday, as an update to what's going on that you can continue to pray and support and come alongside as God is on the move. So there's some encouragement and a challenge, you know, for us as we continue to move from this season. Now, as you know, we are in a new series called Unchained as we're looking at the book of Philippians. Now, last week we gave background and and how the church got started. And we emphasized that the church was birthed out of a mission to reach the community, a mission to reach the city of Philippi. And, And regardless of our circumstances that we find ourselves in or Paul found himself in, as he's writing from prison, that we understand that our mission should never change, that we got to keep our focus on that mission. And so today, you know, a a question kind of came to my mind in preparation, you know, for this message. Uh, uh, Who comes to mind, your mind, that you want to thank God for and why? Who comes to your mind? And so I want you to do that, you know, uh, right now. I'm going to do that with, uh, let's see, let's have Dave. Dave, run on up here. Dave Christensen, come on up. You guys do it. You got 15 seconds. You know, who comes to mind that you want to thank God for and why? So we're going to do that right now. We're going to whisper. Yeah. (laughs) Hey. In case you saw that, we were definitely six feet, you know, apart. Want to make sure we were following, you know, all the rules. You know, uh, both of us are thankful, you know, for our wives. Really thankful, you know, for our wives coming alongside us and walking this journey, you know, in our lives. Uh, In this season of a lack of physical face-to-face connection, it really does make me think of and thank God for so many people. And as you thank God and, and express that either out loud or to people who are sitting around you, why? Why do you thank God for him? What is it about that person, you know, that brings such encouragement, hope, meaning, purpose, whatever it may be in your life? I can tell you that I was challenged, you know, in that question because I realized there was a conviction of my heart. How little do I take time to do that to God? How little do I say, God, thank you for these people in my life? And by name, and then, and then how little do I really take time to say what's best for them that I can actually pray for? 
And my hope is with the time that we have left, that we will walk away from this encounter and this experience encouraged and motivated to that be a more regular rhythm in our real lives. As I mentioned before, Paul is writing from house arrest and, and he's staying focused, you know, regardless of his circumstances, even though his freedom has been taken from him, he still is finding ways to express thanksgiving and then prayer for the people in Philippi. He could have spent his entire time writing about how this is wrong or where is God or why me, but he chose to bring encouragement and actually a sense of joy to those in which he was writing to. You know what? I hope that you're going to experience that as well. In, in Philippians chapter 1, this is actually what he writes. He says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time that you first heard it until now. So what I want to do is I want to personalize because these words resonate so deeply within my heart and in my mind during this season that I want to express the same words because believe it or not, I'm not good at writing. And so reading this from Paul, I want to say this over you as well. And so I thank God for your partnership in living and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Now that word partnership is an interesting word in the Greek because it's a word that some of you who study the Bible would know as koinonia. But in this instance, it's translated as partnership, where usually we see it translated as fellowship. But that Greek word understands that the fellowship has to do with a mission or purpose together. That it's not just about me, it's about we in deep abiding relationship doing something great for one another, or in this case, great for the glory of God. I started thinking about the five love languages, right? Uh, many of you know physical touch, acts of service, gifts, quality time, and words of affirmation. Now, mine is, is gifts and acts of service. And so when I'm partnering with someone and accomplishing anything, but especially something for the kingdom, I know that my love for them goes to a whole other level. And I can tell that Paul is feeling the same way. See, there are so many of you that especially during this season, you have been partners with VRL in the good news of Jesus Christ. I first think of my wife and our partnership. Now, there have been moments and times that we have had, what do we call it, uh, intense moments of fellowship, you know, in our house. We don't fight. We just call them intense moments of fellowship. But in that, we have remained true and committed to one another because of our commitment to Christ. And I just want to tell my wife publicly, thank you. Thank you for your partnership in the ministry of the good news of Jesus Christ. I think of our elders during the season and the partnership and deep commitment that they have to Jesus and to you. And I want to say thank you. I think of our executive team, Allison and Jay and our staff, who are so tirelessly committed to praying, coming alongside, especially during this season. And I want to say thank you for your partnership. I think about so many of you who are volunteered, who've given financially, who lead small groups or ministries at CR or youth or women's or kids or men or rooted. And many of you are partnering together in other ways for the sake of the gospel, the sake of the good news of Jesus Christ. And for that, I want to say thank you. 
In fact, I want to get even more specific. A few of our staff members just threw out some names of people who, in spite of these circumstances, were just like Paul, willing to step up, and we want to publicly say, thank you for your partnership. Uh, think about Jerry Michael, who we, I thank God for you, Jerry, as you work alongside and be a huge advocate for the school and the community in Otis. For Cindy McCauley, I thank you for the partnership that you have. And as you've been, as Holland would say, who's our campus pastor in Otis, a soldier when it comes to anything to do with the food bank and meeting other people's needs as they come up. Or Jeff Dunham, I just thank God that you have been so consistent and dedicated in our youth ministry, especially those Zoom calls with, with teenagers, so hard to do. You consistently go above and beyond. Thank you for your partnership. Or Noah Gray, you've been one of our high school students, and you've played so many roles that have been needed, especially on Wednesday nights in the youth program. Or how about Keith and Lana Swenson? I thank God for you being willing to play any role, whatever the need is, in helping the people at Freeman. Or Matthew and Karen Morrison, that you partner deeply with our campus pastor, Brad Pesnell. And he says in his own words, he doesn't know where he would be in his oversight of Freeman without your partnership and the good news. Or Tom Pope, you know, I thank you for your, especially during this season, you played such a huge role in all of the technical needs to get online services up and running, rooted celebrations, and the support in student ministry. Or Bud Lindsay, you've been heading up our food bank here at Barker, where you have helped us to serve over 2,000 families in these last number of weeks. Or Tim Paulding has been a key to our recovery online ministry for the past two months. I thank God that you continue to selflessly give of your time and tra- talents to see others find restoration and to find healing. Speaking of online, I just want to thank Hannah and Scott who've worked tirelessly on our website and social media communication. See, you are the church. And there are so many, many more that I could spend the entire sermon just thanking person after person after person because you have stepped up and partnering for the sake of the gospel. You could have stayed on the sidelines. You could have just been overwhelmed by the situation at hand because major things were happening in your life and the lives of those around you. But you said, no, count me in. For that, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your partnership. Then Paul says these words and this encouragement, Philippians 1, 6, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. See, not only do I thank God for your partnership, but I thank God for his continual work in all of us. God never gives up on us. Isn't that good news? I mean, the days especially that I fall so short that I find myself grumbling and complaining and being about me, I realize that God has not given up on me, that he wants to still do a work in me first, and then he wants to do a work through me. And that takes off so much pressure to understand that there's a part that I play. In fact, Hester reminded us of this part. The one thing that is most important, the one thing that we need to do is spend time abiding, connecting, going deeper with Jesus. And when we do, he does his work 
And he'll continue to do his work in us. Our part is continue to abide and connect with him. His part is to do the work to carry it on to completion until the day that you and I meet Jesus face to face. I thank God for his continual work in us. Then Paul writes these words in in chapter verse seven and eight. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with tender, with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. See, I thank God for the love that we have for one another. This, I believe, for those of you who are not associated or in the physical vicinity of Valley Real Life and have not gotten to know us, I think this is one of the hallmarks, hallmarks that Jesus would say, that he's proud of us for. You love well, Valley Real Life. And I thank God for that. And I understand, as much as anybody here, of Paul's longing to be with people. Uh, it, it warmed my heart. I cannot tell you how much it meant to me and the emotion that came up inside of me as last Sunday, driving in to be able to do our first drive-in service. And whether anybody was gonna show up or not, I was just moved by coming back on the campus knowing that for a few, I would be able to connect with a few. I'd be able to see once again and have a conversation. And you blew me away. Over 500 people showed up. And so we're like, we've got to keep doing this. This is a need for us to get together as a way to express and experience the love we have for one another. And so this next week, June 7th, we're going to be doing the same thing. And then again, two weeks later, after that, we're going to do it on Father's Day. And, and what we're doing, we're calling those, those uh, experience, those drive-ins, we're calling grads and dads, grads and dads. We want to celebrate those who've graduated high school. And, and if you've not been made aware of opportunities to do that, check us out online and, 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 and lean into our, our high school pastor, Tyler, who'd love to talk to you about how we can honor you during the season of transition. And then dads, a few weeks later, Father's Day. We're going to have a fun time together celebrating what God is doing through your life. We need these times of celebration. We need these times of thankfulness and connection to him. And then he writes these words in verses 9 and 10. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in the knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. You see what Paul has done is he has shifted from saying, I want to thank God for you under these three areas. And now he says, now after thanking God, here are some things out of my love and my deep care for you. I, there are some things I want to pray for, for you. There are things I want to pray over you. There's some things I want to challenge you as I pray to God for these things. And you notice the first thing that he said that I want to say to you is I pray for the love that we have for God and each other to continue to grow that it would continue to grow. See that word love? It's in there in the Greek. It's agape. It means unconditional and sacrificial. Remember, Jesus said the true mark of followers of Jesus Christ is not by your church attendance, although that's important. It's not by all the acts of service, although that's important. It's not by all the things that you think set you right before God, although many of those things are important to help you become more like Jesus. But what he says is the mark of you being my follower. How does the world know that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ? It's going to be proof. The evidence is going to be exhibited by our love for one another. 
And so I pray that that would just continue to grow in this season through these check-ins, these drive-bys, these phone, this phone calling, the praying, the supporting, whatever it may be. So that when, not if, irritation or that I'm done, you know, kind of nature in this environment, that we press into the love that we have for God and for each other all the more. Secondly, I pray for our growing understanding of God. That we'd grow more in our understanding of him and our knowledge of who he is. See, knowledge, as, as Paul writes, means it's personally experienced. It's not to know about something, but to actually have to, to specific relational engage, engagement. It's gained from personal experience. Understanding is the ability to apply that knowledge, gained in personal experience, to the practical details of our lives. And as a result, Paul says, of our personal knowledge and connection to God and our understanding where we're bringing it in and living it in our lives, the result becomes we will lead pure and blameless lives for him. Uh, one of my favorite preachers of old uh, was a guy that my dad introduced me to. His name is John Stott. And in this section, he has this phrase that, that captures my mind and my heart. He says, our love grows soft if it is not strengthened by truth, and our truth grows hard if it is not softened by love. We need to have knowledge. We need to have understanding. And then Paul finishes with this in verse 11. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And so I pray for our connection to Jesus so that it will bear fruit in and through us, not for our gain, but for his glory. Now, there's two primary kinds of fruit we see in the Bible. One, one is a fruit that happens when God uses you to bring others to faith, but that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about the fruit of character, the fruit of righteousness, which is right standing before God that we can't do on our own. And this is what happens when we abide in him, that this fruit begins to, to, to come to fruition in our lives. Galatians 5, and 23 tells us what this fruit is that can only come from him, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How often that affects us. See, our work is to till the soil. Our work is to, is to help to provide water, maybe even to place it ourselves into the sunshine that God wants to give us in our lives, but only he can produce the fruit. Only he can do it as we go deeper and we have our roots go deeper in him. So we pray for our love for God and each other, our knowledge and our understanding to grow. That's what I pray for you and that's what I pray for me. Thank God for you. And I pray for you. And I hope that you would do the same for those other people in your life that you love just as dearly as Paul loved the church in Philippi and as I love you. So your next step, who can you thank God for and pray for today, this week, and in their commitment to love and partner with you for God's glory? My prayer is that you would be encouraged on this day. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love, for your care. Lord, this is a letter from you to us. 
through Paul. And I pray, Father, that we would just walk away just encouraged by the people you've placed in our lives, that we would just find ways to pray for other people and thank you for them. And we take the time this week to even let those people know in the same way that Paul did the church in Philippi, that we would do that individually to people in our own lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.